The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. Natalie Holloway vanished when she was on her high school graduation, as we all know. She vanished from the Caribbean county of Aruba in 2005 and commanded just international attention. The sole person of interest, Dutch citizen, Joran Vandersloot. But private investigator John LaJoy, my guest today, has strong ties to the island of Aruba and he's close to, or, and he knows people close to the Vandersloot family and uh, he serves as a goodwill uh, Ambassador Aruba. He also serves as an investigating consultant on the case. John LaJoy is a certified legal, a certified licensed investigator. I guess he's a certified legal investigator as well. He started his one-man private investigative agency in 1989 and turned it into one of the largest investigative firms in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. He does hold several certifications. Uh, besides the ones I mentioned, international investigator and board certified professional investigator. He specializes in criminal defense, homicide, civil-related death investigations, and insurance fraud. He's licensed in Maid, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, and has investigated over 10,000 cases. He's past president of the Licensed Private, Invest- uh, Licensed Private Detectives Association of Massachusetts. He's a four-term past a CLI chairperson, and that's Certified Legal Investigator Chairperson for the National Association of Legal Investigators. He's a member of several national and international professional investigator organizations, received numerous awards and accolades both within and outside that PI world. An award-winning author, he's produced numerous publications, including his nonfiction book, which you all should buy, Trials and Tribulations of a Real-Life Private Eye, published by Author House. John LaJoy was born and raised in Worcester, Massachusetts, and he operates his business in West Boylston, Massachusetts. Welcome, John. Is that me you were describing? It was you, absolutely. <laughs> um, glad, to, glad to be here today, and I want to say uh, hello to your listeners, and hopefully we can have a, a nice conversation about uh, what happened in Aruba and anything else you might want to talk about. Absolutely. Thank you, John, and thanks for taking the time to be here. So let's first of all, I want to get into because people always want to know the backgrounds of my guests. So, how did you decide to become a private investigator? Um, I was working for an insurance company back in the uh, 1980s uh, as an investigator, and a criminal defense attorney uh, subpoenaed one of my uh, cases that I was working on because the criminal often overlaps uh, with the civil. 
Mm-hmm. So there was an insurance claim. Uh, it was a, a hit. Uh, I, I think the girl uh, hit, a, hit a pedestrian, and so she left the scene of the incident. So I was investigating for the insurance company on the insurance claim aspect of it, and the attorney represented the uh, the insured who had left the scene in the leaving the scene of a personal injury accident, which is a felony in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So uh, our, our, our paths crossed, and he said to me, Jenkins, you do a better job than the police. Would you like to do some private work? And I said, sure. And he said, come on up to my office. So we set up time. So I go up there expecting a, you know, a DUI or a, you know, maybe an assault battery case. I get up there and he's in the conference room and I walk in and there's all these pictures are all over the conference room table mm. and they're, they're, they're of a homicide victim. And he wow. looked up and he goes, congratulations. You're attending your first autopsy. I want you to work off. <laughs> I want you to work a homicide case. Wow. So my very first criminal defense case was a homicide case. And I, I loved them. And, uh, you know, you start, you start out working a homicide. It's, you know, everything else is like secondary. Well, you know, and that's how I got involved in the, the private aspect. And then subsequently, uh, you know, I said, hey, I can make a living out of this, and I, I can also do insurance-related cases. I got my license. I left my employer on my good terms, and uh, and here I am with an agency that has uh, eleven employees. It's me and ten women. So, well, I so, was I was going to ask you about that. Um, you, I know you work with your wife. I do, and, and but you, as you said, you have an all-woman staff. Was that what? Is that by design? Uh, it actually is, and uh, not by design that uh, you know some people might think. It's because I just think women do a better job investigating. Well, of course, uh, women think so too. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and you know there are there are in some cases, uh, certain cases, a man, a man is appropriate. But I find that women have an easier way, and they can garner information a little bit better. People like to talk to women more. Um, and I, I, I think uh, I think they're dedicated. Not that men aren't, because they are. Mm-hmm. But so often you go to these conferences, and you know you're, you're surrounded by men, mm-hmm. and you know it's like one-upsmanship. Uh, you know who could tell the better story? So <laughs> you know I'm not into that. You know I want to serve my clients, and uh, and I, I think that I've had I got a great staff. I train them myself. I love them all, and they do a great job. And we're—it's like a little family here. That's and so, great. and so, you know, you have to have a lot of business to keep eleven people uh, busy. So I'm the—I'm kind of the rainmaker, and I handle the really, really difficult cases, especially uh, homicide cases that I get are death-related. Well, let's address that just for a minute because some of our listeners might be sitting there listening, thinking, "How can anybody?" conduct a criminal investigation case why would you want to get involved in that and how can you possibly work for somebody that murdered somebody well first of all uh i don't assume that the somebody murdered somebody okay uh, uh we have the united states constitution it guarantees due process of law within the constitution there's a bill of rights a person is ha- must be, must have uh be represented by counsel and uh, they must have the opportunity to investigate. Read it. It's in the Constitution. So so wh- how I look at that is I, I am fulfilling a constitutional 
greater good. Uh, and uh, to to assure due process of law. That's how our system works. That's how it should work. Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, just look at the folks who have been wrongly convicted of, of murder and then subsequently released because 22, 24, 26 years later, the onset of DNA evidence has proven that they're not they're not the culprits, and yet they were convicted by a jury of their peers. Exactly. So, so if there's one person out there that's not guilty, and I happen to work that case, and I and, and I have worked those cases, then I, I look at that as uh, doing a, a a duty that's uh, that's part of the system and that's part of our culture and the mores and the values of the United States. Well, I can tell you're passionate about it too, John, and and. I think just, you know, just as a comment, I think many people have the wrong impression of what private investigators do when they're investigating a case. Private investigators don't create the evidence. They just report on what they're told and what they find. And I, so I think that is often a misnomer that, that, uh, people might think that a PI's job is solely to find something to, to get the person off. Well, you know, exactly, and I always say this, and I say this a lot, almost on a daily basis. You cannot change the facts about an accident, an incident, a death, a homicide, a DUI. You cannot change what happened. Exactly. We are simply to gather evidence and to submit that evidence to the client. Namely, an insurance company, an attorney, a corporation, a, a private party. Exactly. Whether they like the outcome or not, whether it's uh, whether it's it's advantageous, whether rather uh, whether it inculpates or exculpates, we gather the, the evidence and we present it. We don't make opinions about it. Somebody might ask us our opinion. We might have a personal opinion about things we do. However. Our job is simply to gather the facts and to present them and to gather them, gather them in an unbiased and a professional manner. That's it. Simple as that. And and let me ask you, how many cases per year do you think your agency is involved in where the person who is charged is factually innocent? Well, on criminal defense cases, mm-hmm. I, I, I mainly handle all of those. Uh, uh, myself, uh, Jessica Guerin, and Angela Germain ha- would handle all the criminal defense stuff, and I would give them cases I thought was appropriate uh, for them, uh, mainly rape cases or uh, and sometimes sometimes homicide cases. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, maybe one or two uh, with it where we know for a fact that. They either didn't do it or this, there could be a wrong charge. Like somebody could be charged with murder one, so the indictment would come in murder one, but actually they're only guilty of a manslaughter or maybe even an involuntary manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, interesting. So you, you would estimate about one a year. Oh, uh, that's one to two a year yeah. that's, that's, that's not guilty or they, they don't have yeah. the evidence to convict. Now there's two, that's different. That's different, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today when we talk about the Natalie Holloway case. Yeah. Well, I was One, just going to say, I was just going to. I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you, but e- I, either not having the evidence to arrest or convict versus whether somebody's guilty 
or not. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and that's about what I have too is one or two a year. So if you take that times every investigator that works on criminal defense cases, one to two people a year – and then all of the ones that maybe weren't investigated properly or weren't tried properly, uh, there's there's a lot of wrongfully convicted people out there. There are, and we and you know that's why DNA is so wonderful. So uh, there are, and that's what we hope to do as investigators. Uh, you don't get too many of those cases, and you what you want to do is investigate each and every one of them uh, to the best of your ability, gather the facts, present it to the client and uh, help in litigation support if it goes to an actual trial. Absolutely. Well, thanks for covering that. I know we, we really hadn't planned on talking about that. but um, So it's, it's well known that you have pretty deep ties to Aruba. How did, how did that come about? Well, uh, I must say uh, I actually love the island of Aruba. And uh, I might be a little bit biased, but, uh, but I can back it up. Uh, I started vacationing there in 1991, and I have probably been there 50 or 60 times over the last 22 years or 21 years. Yeah, 21 years. And I, I've developed uh, great friendships uh, with uh, the natives, our, our, our Rubens, who are much like Americans. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, the Dutch, because Aruba uh, was uh, settled by the Dutch and uh, didn't become uh, its own sovereign nation until the mid '80s. John, and hold that. Can you hold that thought for just a second? Let us take a quick commercial break. Yeah, not a problem. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Private investigator John LaJoy has just been talking about his connections to Aruba. Go ahead, John. Um, As I was saying, I've developed a lot of friendships among uh, the Arubans and the Dutch. And I have some property ownership interests there, as well as I've had some business interests there. And over the past uh, 21 years, I've spent a lot of time there. I've uh, developed friendships with uh, uh, you know, vendors and uh, tur- uh, tourist uh, adventures uh, and uh, excursion owners and whatnot. And uh, I've come to, to know that these people are very friendly. Uh, they're extremely, extremely accommodating. And uh, they're just good people. And uh, I, was, uh, I became an ambassador, actually, a goodwill ambassador, as conferred by the government uh, uh, in, uh, in August uh, last year. So that was, that was an honor that I uh, wasn't expecting, but uh, I have been nominated for it uh, by, uh, by, uh, by two people, and, uh, and the government uh, uh, awarded that to myself and my wife. And what, and what is that re- what are you required to do? Well, I'm not quite sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, I, you have to, uh, there is a nomination that somebody sponsors you with, uh, two people, I think, uh, uh, sponsored me, uh, and, uh, and my wife. And uh, you, you have to have at least 20 years of, of going to Aruba. That's one of the qualifications. Oh, I see. And then they, then they check you out. You know, are you goodwill? Are, you know, you know, uh, how are you with, uh, with the, with the folks? And, uh, are you good people and whatnot? And, uh, do you promote, uh, uh Aruba? And, uh, we do. And, uh, we've mm-hmm. invested our money there and some of our money there. And, uh, it's a great place to to visit, and uh, and uh, you know to spend. Uh, I'd like to spend a couple of months there a year if I could. That'd be great. And then, how did you become involved in the Natalie Holloway case? Well, uh, I was asked. Um, I was asked to uh, become involved in this case by uh, Beth Twitty. Beth and Jug Twitty, um, they're, they're PI. Uh, they had hired a, a PI by the name of TJ Ward from Georgia. And, uh, TJ called Jimmy Massis, who's the publisher of PI magazine, and, uh, asked him who would be the foremost authority, uh, who's a PI on the island of Aruba. And Jimmy goes, I know just the person because I vacationed there with John and Susan LaJoy. So you need to call John LaJoy because uh, he knows every inch of the island. How funny. And so that's how it really began. Um, I uh, th- And I had a number of conversations with TJ, and uh, I offered some services to them. And that's that's how it that's how it started. So 
you initially declined to get involved. Is that correct? Well, I initially declined to actually investigate the cases. There was there's a difference, and I'll I'll tell you why, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you what the difference is. Um, I, I vacation in Aruba. <laughs> I mean, right. uh, uh, if you listened to the uh, the TV justice, the nightly shows, once Natalie went missing and uh, they started dissing the island of Aruba, its citizens, its judicial system, its police department, uh, and they had Beth Twitty on there every night on Greta dissing the, pe- the people of Aruba and everybody else because her daughter could not be found. And you know what? I don't, I, you know, I, I can't blame Beth Twitty sure. uh, because nobody wants to go through uh, what Beth has gone through. And um, uh, I did not want to actually be the guy on the field. I did not want to go in front of uh, the cameras. I did not want to be bothered by the news media. I can't tell you how many times Bill O'Reilly's uh, show called my office to try to get me to go on to say what they wanted me to say, not what I wanted to say. And so, mm-hmm. so, so I, I declined every interview. Uh, in fact, this is the very first interview that I've done on the Natalie Holloway case. Wow. Very Thank first. you. So, so that's why I did not want to be the guy on the field. I did not want to uh, ruin my relationships with, uh, with, with Rubens. Um, I did not want to take that chance, whether I would have or wouldn't have. Is, is, uh, you know, uh, that, that could be the subject of question. But I did not want to get in that position. I vacation there. I have fun there. Uh, my, uh, my kids have been, you know, uh, every vacation that we went on, they went on. They have been literally raised there on vacation. Yeah. So, so that's why I did not want to do, uh, be the man on the, uh, on the ground. However, uh, I did agree to, um, uh, act as a consultant through the, through, uh, another, another, a, a professional association, which at the time I was involved in, which was USAPI, the United mm-hmm. States Association of professional investigators, mm-hmm. which I was involved with, and Warren Sonny was the president. And uh, we had, uh, I was in charge of, uh, of education certification, and I was a member of their certification board with other well-known experts uh, like Henry Lee, Vernon Gebeth, Morris Godwin, Cynthia Hetherington, Kitty Haley. Uh, <clears throat> and these are the folks that, that do have the knowledge uh, that perhaps would have been able to help, and therefore uh, I wanted to be a conduit to potential experts uh, if they were needed. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's what I offered, and T.J. Wood said, listen, I'll get back to you. I'm going to talk to Beth and Jug Twitty. And uh, basically that, that's what happened. He talked to them, uh, and they gave the go-ahead, and a meeting was arranged with uh, with uh, Peter Muhammad and Vinda D'Souza, Vinda being uh, the Twitty's uh, lead lawyer uh, okay. in Aruba. And uh, and we probably should mention that Twitty's are, are Natalie's parents. Well, well, no. Dave Holloway is uh, Natalie's natural father, and Beth uh, uh, Twitty 
who I, I believe she's divorced now from Jug Twitty, uh, uh, had remarried Jug Twitty after a 1993 divorce. And she's Natalie's mother. She is Natalie's natural mother, yes. Yeah, okay. And so you ultimately met with them. I did. I did meet with them. I, uh, I first met with uh, Warren Sonny and I met with uh, Vinda D'Souza and Peter Muhammad, who were the lawyers for uh, Natalie's mom and stepfather. Uh, and they, uh, they wanted a meeting. We met with them, and we offered the assistance of the certification board or those who were willing to do it pro bono. And those people were Henry Lee, the, the, the very famous forensic scientist that worked on the, uh, the O.J. Simpson case. Yes. Who, who is my good friend, who I play golf with. Yeah. And, and uh, Vernon Gebberth, who is known as uh, Mr. Homicide and wrote the book on homicide investigation, former New York uh, detective. Uh, Dr. Morris Godwin, the noted criminologist and reverse uh, geographical profiler, and he became very instrumental in this uh, offer that we that we uh, put forth, uh, and uh, and Warren and myself. So uh, we offered these uh, experts, and they agreed to uh, to assist uh, if the government of Aruba wanted that assistance. And everybody agreed to assist pro bono. Correct. So then the next step, the ne- exactly. The next step was meeting with, uh, meeting Natalie's mom and, and stepdad, Jug Twitty, who were down in Aruba, uh, from, I think, May 31st, uh, of 2005, uh, right through and until, uh, I think she might have left right after, uh, I left Aruba, uh, in late July or early August. <clears throat> and then she, we all, come back but i mean she had been there for you know months she had gone on nightly news saying i'm not leaving until i leave with my daughter Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. remember that i mean everybody everybody remembers that and she um set up at first they set up uh, they you know they were being housed by uh the holiday inn and uh, where natalie uh was staying when she was down on the trip and then uh, she, uh, her and Jug, uh, there was some hostility there at some point. And then the Wyndham, which is now the Weston, which is right next to the property I own, uh, put them up uh, in their presidential suite. And that's where Warren and I met uh, Beth and Jug Twitty. Okay. And that must have been an amazing meeting. Uh Yes, yes and no. Um, uh, it was a sad meeting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was exciting uh, to meet her uh, but uh, and Jug. But Jug, Jug's a tough guy. Uh, you know, he, there was some, as soon as we got inside, there was some trust issues with Jug. Uh, not so much with Beth. But with Jug, Jug had a veil of, uh, you know, he was tough to, to pierce. Um, and, you know, Warren and I, I mean, we're there simply to offer this assistance. I mean, nothing more. 
he found it uh, incredulous that we were actually there on vacation. He he didn't believe it. Uh, hmm. He 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 did not believe that. that look, I was there on vacation. I wasn't going to make a a separate trip down to Aruba just to meet with them. Uh, right. You know, I, I didn't want to work the case to begin with. But what we wanted to do is offer a conduit, maybe to help out in some way, offer the experts, set up a website page on uh, the association website, uh, do what we could to get the word out, and then garner, garner cooperation from our members in order to do a professional investigation if they felt that the government wasn't doing the right thing. Sure. So. So that's what was communicated to them. Additionally, uh, you've heard of the famous three-ring binder that Beth always had by her side. That was the the, 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 the binder of of her. Uh, you know what she said was was uh, you know evidence and things that she put in, and the uh, uh, recording of her notes and you know of the search that they were doing for Natalie and whatnot. That three-ring binder became, uh, you know, she would always talk about it. I got to look through that. Mm -hmm. So it was, it, that was interesting. I mean, there was no substance, uh, evidentiary substance in it, but there was a lot that, uh, a lot of notes that she took when she, when they had met with uh, Iran Vandersloot, who is the person of interest in this, in this uh, case. And uh, I'm calling it a case, not a crime. Yeah, let's. And hang on, John. Uh, we need to take another break, uh, but hang on to that thought. We'll be right back to discuss more in the Natalie Holloway case with private investigator John LaJoy. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declass. IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength in numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call 1-800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. News. 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 News.
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. My guest today, Massachusetts private investigator John LaJoy, is discussing his involvement with the Natalie Holloway case. And John, you were just talking about the meeting with the family and the notebook that uh, Natalie's mother kept. Go, go on and talk about that. Well, I was talking uh, about viewing it and then looking at it uh, because what we were trying to do is uh, if, if, if she had any anything of evidentiary value in it, then what we could do is uh, take that evidence, what was publicly known, things that have been, uh, been uh, released by the government of Aruba or by the police department, and all the evidence and the information that we know about, uh, coupled with any other evidentiary information, and provide it to Dr. Morris Godwin, who would create a map, a geo-profiling map of where they might search uh, for the most likely places for Natalie's body to be if she, uh, if the body was, uh, in Aruba, uh, on land or in part of the, the ocean. So, um, we were looking for that kind of stuff and we were a little disappointed that, uh, <clears throat> nothing was there. But of course, the Aruban government is not going to release, you know, uh, police reports or any type of statements, you know, official statements. Um, you know, during an ongoing investigation, much like the United States. So, let me not- ask you a question, John. At the time of your meeting with the family, did did everybody already think that she was gone? Uh, uh, uh well, <clears throat> well, did everybody? I can't answer for everybody. I can right. answer. Right. I can answer for me. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, yes, yes. The answer is. Yes, um, I think she's dead. I thought she was dead then. Uh, I do believe. Uh, it's my belief, uh, but it's not based on any evidence. Right. Well, okay. it, 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 it's not any direct evidence. Not not direct evidence. That's some circumstantial stuff. I, I believe Yaron Vandersloot is the is the the person. However, did Yaron Vandersloot commit a crime? Uh, that's questionable. That is questionable. There's not one shred of physical evidence that indicates Yaron Vandersloot killed Natalie Holloway. Uh, do I believe that he did? Uh, it's possible. Uh, there's a lot of things possible. We know that Natalie Holloway uh, was on that beach with Yaron Vandersloot uh, before he left her. He says, and he He's, he's told three stories. Everybody thinks he's told 20. He's only told three stories. Uh, but the but the one he's told the most, the one that's the most consistent, is that he was on that beach with her after the Calpo brothers dropped him and Natalie off at the fishermen's huts near the Marriott Hotel. And if you know anything about that beach, and I know a lot about that beach, you know 
that if something were to happen, like for instance, for, you know, there's a lot of things. He could have killed her there. He could have he could have strangled her during sex. He could have had sex with her, and uh, she could have died during sex from a drug that he or may or may not have slipped her or somebody else slipped her. She could have died because of alcohol poisoning because she was at Carlos and Charlie's and Charlie's uh, laying on a bar having uh, people do belly shots from her belly button. She was drunk, mm-hmm. very drunk. So we do know that. So those are the things we know. So what, what and, and you know, let's say she died of alcohol poisoning on the beach right then and there. Or she vomited and she died, uh, you know, from that. Uh, and, and you're on uh, panicked. Uh, and he decides, oh, man, I'm in trouble. I got to get rid of the body. Well, what you can do at that beach, uh, you can walk out maybe a half a mile and only be up to your knees. Maybe mm-hmm. not even a half, a quarter of a mile. And once you get past the sandbar, uh, you can release, you could release the body. And let me tell you something. That body is not coming back in. Really? Yes. That, uh, gone. Gone forever. And you know what? Is that, that because of the currents? It is. And that, is that the most likely scenario? That's one of them. The second scenario that I believe is, is that somehow someone helped Yaron, uh, and took the body to, uh, uh, a location that, where the body, where they have not yet searched. And, um, I am of the opinion that, and I was right away immediately, cause I don't, I don't, uh, ha- a lot has to happen. Uh, in that timeline, and we could talk forever about it, uh, for him to be able to get that body out to sea. It takes time. He was drunk. She was drunk. Uh, I, I don't, you know, that's, it, it's a, you know, a potential possibility, but I actually think that somebody helped him take the body and put it in a cemetery crypt. That's, that's what I think. That, that's my theory. I have no evidence. Well, I kind of do. Well, I don't. I'd never had any evidence to base it, but if I was thinking if somebody was looking for a body uh, and they had dogs looking for a body, you want you didn't want that body to be found. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be uh, kind of uh, logical that if you couldn't put it out to sea, you put it in a crypt where there are other bodies? Yeah, and and in Aruba, are the people are people buried above ground? They are, and yeah. I'm going to tell you the 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 logistics is that. Santa Ana Church has a big cemetery with crypts. Santa Ana Church, you could literally, I could literally hit a nine iron from the back of Vandersloot's house uh, on Montana Drive to the cemetery at mm. St. Anna. So uh, that was the most likely scenario, I, I, at least I thought. Uh, and the crypts have still not been searched. And I must say this, that when uh, when uh, Vandersloot was imprisoned, well, still imprisoned in Peru, but when he was in Peru at Castro Castro prison awaiting trial, he told uh, his uh, roommate or his cellmate that he that he hid Natalie Holloway's body in a cemetery crypt, and hmm. and yeah, and Warren Sonny he Warren Sonny heard it first, and he emailed me immediately, and he. Said, he said, "He said, oh my God, can you believe?" I said, what? "I've been saying it since day one." Yeah. But, but you know, uh, I doubt that they're going to disturb the dead in Aruba, much right. like 
whether we would do it here in the States. And, and that brings me to the police investigation in Aruba. Uh, Gerald Dompig was in charge of the police investigation. He was trained by the FBI. Okay. Uh, he's a very experienced guy. They have their way of doing things. We have our way. It's a completely different system down there. It's not our way. And uh, how, do you, how do you mean, John? What do you mean by that? Well, they have a different system of law. Okay. Uh, they they had it, it's the Dutch system. They well, for instance, I'll give you a big a big that everybody I think will understand, including investigators. Um, when somebody is arrested, multiple defendants, you can go to one of the defendants and say, "Hey, would you turn state's evidence on so and so? I know he's the shooter," uh, and you can make a deal with them. You can't plea bargain in Aruba. You can't do that in Aruba. There's not is you can't do it. It's illegal. Hmm. So, so, so. In other words, so you couldn't go to Deepak Calpo and say, "Hey, listen, if you if you um, cut, a, we'll cut a deal with you if you tell us uh, 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 testify against Uran that he killed Natalie Holloway in some way. If that was the case, uh, they can't do that. We could do it here." Uh, confessions. You've heard uh, that, that and, and it's true, that Iran um, has made uh, a number of confessions, uh, different ones saying different things. Uh, and uh, that the Aruba courts have decided uh, upon hearing this evidence, uh, what the, the prosecutor might claim is evidence, they've thrown it out. They've said, now it can't be used. Either he was under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Remember, he was drugged mm-hmm. in Holland when he admitted uh, that he killed Natalie and you know put her body out to sea. You know, and he's told a lot of different stories. Subsequent, nobody knows what the truth is. So, you know, uh, in America, somebody makes that kind of admission. You're damn right the prosecutor's going to use it and the judges are going to allow it because it's called an admission. Sure, sure. So, well, well, so, John, after you met with the family, what, what, what did you guys do? Well, what we did was uh, they agreed uh, to contact uh, Karen Jensen. She's the attorney general and the prosecutor on the case at the time. And um, they did that through probably through the uh, official spokesperson. They can't remember his name. Um, and uh, Warren uh, and I, well, Warren sent the official letter to the government of Aruba offering the assistance because he was the president of USAPI at the time. Uh-huh. And he, he did that. And I sent um, emails uh, to the Twitties and to uh, the officials in Aruba and to the lawyers in Aruba uh, much the same. And I told them uh, to search the cemeteries. I, uh, I suggested. And then uh, I also uh, uh, gave them a map uh, that uh, noted uh, reverse geographical profiler Morris Godwin uh, 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 drew based upon the evidence that was known at the time, uh, 
to focus in on an area to search. And uh, whether they use that or not, uh, I don't know. But it was given to them. Uh, they never contacted us uh, one way or the other. Now, Warren, uh, Warren might have had some conversation with Karen Jensen, but uh, I was never contacted uh, by any official of the government of Aruba. But I must say this. Um, not many people know this, but the FBI, you know, the FBI has investigated this case. Yeah. The FBI. The FBI has interrogated Yaron Vandersloot. Uh, the Dutch FBI has, has interrogated him. Um, they, they have invested, not only, uh, experienced investigators in Aruba, but this kind of thing doesn't always happen. The, you know, John, we need, we need to take another break. I'm sorry, but we need to take another break. Not stay, a problem. Stay tuned for more from private investigator John LaJoy. We'll return right in a couple minutes. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. My guest, John LaJoy, has been giving us some interesting information about inside the Natalie Holloway case. And, John, you were just saying that most people didn't know that um, – everybody knew that there were multiple agencies involved, but um, few people knew that the FBI also was involved. Oh, oh absolutely. And uh, who do you think uh, questioned uh, the her friends? I mean, it's been it's, – it's unbelievable that a group of friends – would would allow Natalie to leave uh, with with a person she had just met. Yeah, that is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing to me uh, that they left. Not one of her friends remained behind to wait for her. 
Not one. There was one one chaperone that, that waited, but reluctantly. Because what usually happens in Aruba is a tourist goes missing. Uh, you know, Aruba's a fun place to be. They want to stay an extra day, a couple of days. They don't return back from the cruise ship. They, you know, to the cruise ship. If a cruise ship is in there, they, they want to they extend their vacation. They don't show up for their flight. Bottom line is it's a great place to be to vacation. You have a lot of fun there, and, the, and, and a lot of people want to stay. When you get down there, you want to stay. Mm-hmm. And uh, nine t- 99 times out of 100, a missing tourist will turn up, you know, 24, 48 hours later. That's why they have a 48-hour period. Sure. Sure. Waiting area down there. So, I mean, this this stuff doesn't happen in Aruba, it, and it, it happened. It's unfortunate that it happened, but um, you know, Yaron um, Van der Sloot, who I categorize as a psychopath, uh, is uh, is probably responsible for the death of Natalie. And uh, you know, I'll go on the record as as saying that uh, I agree and support that, and uh, hopefully the case will be solved. But yes, I do know the Vandersloot, uh, or I do know a member of the Vandersloot family, and uh, I I have very deep connections with uh, friends uh, who are who are very friendly, in fact, best friends. And my daughter uh, Jessica is uh, a very good friend of Van- Valentine Vandersloot, which is Yaron's uh, younger brother, a couple of three years younger than him, and. Uh, and my daughter Jessica has eaten over at the Vandersloot family's uh, house. Nothing happened to her. She was 21. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so uh, not, you know, Uran was in jail in, in, in Peru, but they don't talk about him. They've basically excommunicated him. Valentine wants nothing to do with him. And Sebastian, who who's the, uh, his younger brother, uh, 16 at the time, was like, you know, I mean, 11 at the time this happened. Can you imagine being an 11-year-old kid and, uh, and you know, the police and every type of authority is in and out of your house for the next six months. Your family's being turned inside out. Mm-hmm. Your brother's being arrested. Your father's being arrested. Uh, you know, and the bottom line is, uh, you know, can you imagine that? He's, well, he's had to go through a lot. It's cer- certainly... A tragedy for everybody. The Vandersloot family, that's a tragedy for them. Certainly, Natalie's family. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody is going to uh, ignore the fact that that Natalie Holloway is missing and her family has literally gone through hell. They certainly have. Yeah, they've done everything humanly possible, it seems like. uh, A little bit more. and I want to say that, you know, let's let's not forget about the people of Aruba. This is a great place to go. My kids have been going there with me since they were three and five. And then my daughter, Jackie, uh, has developed friendships there. And she stays with a uh, friend she's developed in Nord, uh, which is the town where, where Vandersloot is from. And do, uh, do they feel like there's been a black mark on their community? And absolutely, and there absolutely yeah. has been, and that's been created by the Twitties, and I, I would say unreasonably so. So you know, the, you know, and I could we could do a whole session on 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 why I think that was the case. But bottom line is, she was going on Fox News, her and Jug, 
uh, saying one thing, and then she was going to the Aruba Today, which is a uh, a paper in Aruba that writes in English, and saying another thing, and uh, you know, dissing the people on 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 you know the people of Aruba. You know what they did? The people of Aruba. The the Prime Minister Obiter gave gave uh, the people of Aruba a half a day off. Let everybody off to search for Natalie. When has that happened in the United States? That's true. Okay. Second, the Dutch government sent over F-16s with infrared secret cameras, I spy stuff, the stuff that's probably on our SR-71, to search the island for the body of Natalie. When is the last time the United States government has done that for a citizen, for, for a citizen of another country? Yeah. So, so they, and, and they, the people of Aruba have been forthcoming and, 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 uh, upright. There's been no cover up, as they might suggest, as the, the cable justice shows, the Nancy Graces, whom, uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, you know, suggest. It's ridiculous. And, and the bottom line is Aruba is a great place to go. It's a safe place. It's a very safe place. So, um, so people shouldn't be concerned about their safety if they want to go to Aruba. Not one bit. You can walk in the middle of a Rangistat at one in the morning and not have anything to worry about. Hmm. It, you know, it's it, exact. It, you can walk the beach up and down, including the area where Natalie was last seen. You know, at two o'clock in the morning, and you're not going to have a problem. Hmm. You know, if you, it, it's like anywhere else. You start drinking, you start drugging. And you go into these places, people will look, and there are people that will take advantage. Jaron Vandersloot is one of those types of people. Mm-hmm. He's a Dutch citizen. He's not an Aruban. Right. So, so you know, and that's that's pretty pretty much how I feel about it. Um, you know, I'm um, I'm uh, the family of you know Anita, uh, Valentine, and Sebastian Vandersloot have gone through an awful lot. I'm sympathetic and empathetic to them, as well as the Holloway family. But, you know, the bottom line is it's got to stop somewhere. Are you and doing anything now on the case? No, no. I mean, I, I would if I was asked, but as, again, I stayed on vacation there. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I think that, um, yeah, yes. Well. Yes and um, no. <laughs> well, uh, on another matter, uh <laughs> Iran's been uh, been charged with extortion in Alabama. They they want to bring him back to Alabama. Can you imagine what what would happen to Iran in an Alabama prison? Well, Think about in, that. Well, I don't know whether it'd be better or worse than a prison in Peru. Uh, I got to tell you, I take my I'd want to be in Peru and not in Alabama if I was <laughs> Iran Vandersloot. So uh, I I had offered uh, I we heard some. I heard some information that he was going to be extradited to the states. I don't know what the treaty agreements are, or when that might happen. But uh, I was at, uh, I offered to help with the appointment of a federal uh, uh, criminal defense uh, lawyer if I could do that uh, to uh, protect uh, the interest of Iran in the United States. Not because of Iran. Don't get me wrong. Not because I. I don't like him. He's a psychopath, and I think he's guilty of 
of two killings. So, but, but, all right, for the mother and the two brothers, Absolutely. who are very good people. So that's, you know, that's what I uh, uh, made, uh, I made that aware to the family, uh, to a good friend of the family who made that aware to Valentine. So we'll, you know, we'll see. And by the way, Valentine Vandersloot so, uh, looks just like your aunt, and he's a great guy, and he works for Comedy Central. Oh, and, wow. And, yeah, and, and he's in the States, went to Emerson College in Boston. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, uh, uh, he's working in TV. Can you believe it? I, I don't know mm-hmm. that I would if I was, you know, going through all that crap. But Yeah. But, well, on that note, John, we have to close the show. You've been a de- you. delightful guest. Thank you so much. And uh, we have to thank sign off now. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. All much. right. So tune in, folks, again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. It's P.I.'s Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.